This episode is with Steve Odiorn, a dually with me in 15th Squadron, a Pink Panther for a couple years, a member of the uh, Drum and Bugle Corps as a cadet, a pilot of T-33s and F-106s in Air Defense Command upon graduation, and then a longtime Lockheed Martin Space Systems uh, operator extraordinaire who uh, gets involved in very interesting uh, uh, NASA missions. Hope you enjoy this. So the first question I like to always ask is uh, what message do you have for the incoming class, the current cadets, the recent grads, and the old goats like us? Uh, <laughs> keep your head down and keep <laughs> plugging away. Okay. Take it one, one day, one event at a time. And I know one of the reasons you say that, because you and I had a similar, we, we actually spent three years together in the same uh, dormitory spaces. Um, yeah. We had a very memorable first, uh, first exposure to this place. So I'm curious, uh, what got you there in the first place? What got me into the academy? Yeah, why'd you go? Oh, well, because I wanted to fly. Um, and in, I guess it was my junior year English class in high school. Uh, I was sitting behind a guy that was applying to the Air Force Academy. Um, he didn't get in, but it it kind of piqued my interest. And then, uh, and I wanted to, to learn how to fly. So... Yeah, that's what uh, that's that's what got me interested, and so I started going through the process. Um, I actually had a couple of avenues that I could get uh, nominated through. So I tried through my congressman and senator in Illinois because my dad was a resident of Illinois. Okay. And then I was also eligible under the presidential and vice presidential um, categories. And the way it finally turned out is that I had a nomination through my congressman, Congressman Crane of Illinois, and and the, the presidential. So the academy got to decide which one they wanted to accept me under and they chose the presidential, which was great. Cause then I didn't have to write any thank you notes. For the rest of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was because your dad was uh, military. Yeah. My dad was still active duty um, in the army. In the army. So did you, were you, did you move around a lot as a kid? Uh, you know, I had the advantage of both worlds, that of being uh, a military brat. And then also, uh, when I, uh, we moved to Virginia, Northern Virginia, uh, when I was in third grade and then my, and my dad was stationed at the Pentagon. And then after the Pentagon tour, he kept getting stationed and restationed in the DC area, uh-huh. except for two remote court, uh, tours. He did a remote, remote tour in, uh, Korea and then a remote tour in Vietnam, uh, I guess Vietnam. Korea was sick when I was in sixth grade and Vietnam was when I was in ninth grade. And uh, so I got the stability of the civilian world and being in the same school system from third grade till I graduated from high school. But I also had the advantage of being a military brat. Interesting. So I'm, you and I have overlapping uh, situation. My dad was in Vietnam in ninth grade. Where, Where was your dad stationed? Uh, I don't know that I can remember that. He was Signal Corps. Okay. And um, uh, Play Coup sticks in, in my mind, but uh, I, I can't be sure of that. And did he come back okay? He came back okay, sort of. I mean, he wasn't injured in, ter- in the war. It's just when he was coming back, he ended up getting two different types of dysentery at the same time. So he came back flat on his back. And uh, I mean, I suppose the, the dysentery could have killed him, uh, but uh, it didn't. 
and and so that's what yeah he was in a stretcher when he came back home oh boy well all my my dad got spit on at the airport in san francisco on his way home that that's his uh that really fried him um well the spitting or the that kind of vietnam consequence for me was when I entered the academy, I can remember coming back home my dually year and a former friend of mine who was a, a grade ahead of me, but, uh, you know, he asked me, well, why would I go to a school where they teach you how to bomb innocent women and children? It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, that's not, I mean, that's the environment back then, if you remember. Oh yeah, I remember. That's part of why we're doing these podcasts, so people know that the the anti-military theme was pretty strong outside of the uh, cadet area in our day. Yeah, much better coming back from Afghanistan, although four four tours is not anything to uh, treat lightly, but uh, coming back from Afghanistan was a better experience for those. So, so you showed up in Colorado Springs. Yep. And, uh, they fired a cannon, <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I I forgot the cannon part. Um, you remember that the the day? Oh they yeah, were... they fired a cannon, and then all of a sudden I got upperclassmen yelling in my face. You know, three <laughs> inches from my face. Which probably doesn't happen in the COVID world anymore, but um, well, I got a mask. It, it happened back then. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I had no idea what I had gotten myself into. And you and I were both in the same dually squadron, which, for whatever reason, they wanted to continue that first summer all the way through the academic year. It felt like. Uh yeah, class of '73, uh, at least the 15th squadron was a hard ass. Uh, group of of guys and uh, yeah I mean dually year was not uh, a fun year for me um, it was just even though I grew up as an old Trey brat this the whole thing experienced dually year um, was a shock yeah. and uh and then to top it off, my my very first roommate in basic uh, basic training was a worthless. Um, I mean, he didn't make it through three weeks in basic training. But you know, I didn't I didn't have a good roommate, so uh, you know, I I got in trouble for stuff that was his fault. Oh, but, yeah, and that just set me off. So I freshman year, I was just, you know, trying to just make it through. Yeah, I don't remember socializing too much freshman year. I do remember the first day before they even fired the cannon, one of my two roommates uh, passed out in the hallway and had an epileptic seizure. And he got drummed out the day we signed up, the day, the day we showed up. I go, well, this is a very inauspicious start to this place. <laughs> then they started yelling at us and um, – Gee, you would have thought that they would have filtered that out early. Apparently, um, he. It, it turns out later, I think. Apparently, he was a math genius, and they they were waiving some of the medical things so he could be in in the math part of it, the yeah, yeah. science and math thing. But they, they they couldn't handle the physical, I guess, or the stress, and um, they hadn't even gotten stressful yet. That 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 was what was. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. It was. Um. Then I remember one thing in our dually year, in our squadron, I was not part of it other than maintenance and feeding. Do you remember the times the guys went up and stole the ram from CSU, the mascot? Yeah. Did, were you involved in that? Um, I, I shouldn't say stole. They borrowed the ram. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was part of a group that did do some you know, I, uh, we, we got off base. I remember being in the back of a, of a pickup truck you know, laying down and, you know, we got through the gate both ways. Um, 
but I don't remember. I wasn't part of manhandling a ram, so I don't remember uh, whether I was part of that group or not. Well, I just remember being assigned to uh, feed it and keep it in the latrine for the, I think we had it for like 48 hours and we gave it back to them on the Saturday of a football game. And uh, I remember they tried to dye it, you know, to turn it blue for the uh, Air Force colors and the, the dye didn't stay on it. And the dog on thing was crying the whole time and crapping everywhere. And I felt I was in there at least once having to deal with this upset animal and cleaning up all the poop that had left everywhere. It was pretty. No, those spirit activities, those uh, off the wall spirit activities were more your deal than mine. <laughs> well, no, this was. We were duallys. I was ordered to do that. I, I didn't. It was, <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I don't remember the, the latrine part. And uh, so, well, you got the, you got, you got a treat. <laughs> you did your, you did your uh, recommendation. Keep your head down and stayed away from stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I, I also wanted to ask you what, what are your memories of Hell Week and recognition? Well, I remember going to my, uh, I remember going to the a firsty in my hallway and I, I was worried about hell week. <laughs> you know, that was, yeah. what, what can I say? And uh, whatever he said, encouraged me to, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to quit, but I, I had some misgivings about it. And he said, you know, just hang in there. So I did. It's only a week. <laughs> Five well, days. And it wasn't a week. I mean, you know, they'd already gotten back. Uh, it was three days. Yeah. They'd already okay. reduced it from a full week to three days. So, I mean, it was hell for three days. Um, I never did good in, in runs because I just am not a runner. So, mm. especially with an M1 in my arm and in, in my hands, but. 7,000 uh, feet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't fun, but they did, uh, you know, that last night, they uh, kidnapped us and and took us, this was the night before recognition, right, I think? Yeah. And they took us somewhere in the woods and, and, uh, <laughs> and provided us some alcohol. Yep, and said, you're now, you know, you're okay now. <laughs> yeah. More as like, wow. I don't know if they get away with that nowadays, but I'm sure they do other things. They do, they do what they can. Yeah, I, I just thought that was uh, that was a shared a shared memory you and I had. And then, uh, did you what'd you do that first summer after the freshman year? Well, three weeks of vacation. I forget what the order was. Three weeks of vacation. Three weeks of Siri. What else did I do? There was what? What did I do? The did you jump out of planes that summer? Or? Yes, yes, I went to okay. airborne. Yeah, so I forget what the order was, but it was vacation, airborne, and and uh, Siri. Yeah. Well, that I know that in Pink Panthers, a lot of guys want to continue jumping out of planes. Did you ever have any desire to continue after the Fort Benning deal? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I they sat they got they suckered me into one free fall and I said oh, this is enough I've done the five and four betting the one free fall I I think I've checked all those boxes I want to check. So uh, now you you're you, as everybody can tell from listening to this you're kind of a reserved quiet easy calm calm seas kind of guy and you get thrown into the uh, clown clown show known as the Pink Panthers how was that for you? Well, that was great, and I don't remember it being a, a, a you know a clown show. I I uh, I mean I liked being part of the uh, Pink Panthers. It was uh, you know I, I I had good roommates, and you know like I said, I was just pretty much plugging away with academics and so, so and you, the military stuff. Well, it's pretty out. You were not an instigator of any of the. The, the stuff like mooning the command post or skinny dipping in the air gardens or firing the cocaine cannon down the hall or any of that stuff, but you were a willing observer. Yes, I was a willing observer. And uh, yeah, I, 
So, well, uh, yeah, that would take us to, I'm thinking of something that takes us to a junior year, but. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we're we're upper classmen now. Well, so I had a reputation of not, you know, of being a, a, a good, <laughs> a good underclassman. And uh, nobody would suspect me of doing anything okay. out of the ordinary. And then junior year, we had two, two of our classmates shoot a model rocket out the stairwell. Yep. Um, they got in trouble. We, as a, as a class, thought that the honor system was used improperly to catch those guys. Yeah. And so, I don't know what, why I thought of this. <laughs> but I thought, well, okay, and, and we're in finals week, right? Um, <laughs> we're in finals week. And I get the idea, okay, that's going to get revenge on our squadron commander. I won't name names, but um, so what can I do to get revenge? Well, I can ask those guys that knew where our fireworks stash was <laughs> and uh, go to that fireworks stash and grab a smoke bomb. And so then in the middle of the night, because uh, the squadron commander's room was right next to the CQ desk. Okay. And and I was, and our room was just on the other side of the CQ desk. So in the middle of the night, I went and tiptoed to the squadron commander's desk, put his trash can in front of his door. So when it opened, it would clang and we'd know that he opened it. Um, and I slipped a smoke bomb underneath his door and quickly beat feet to my room and jumped into my bed. <laughs> and me and my roommate were just kind of giggling and waiting for the, the crash bang of the, of the trash can. And sure enough, um, <laughs> we heard the crash bang. And nobody ever suspected me. And nothing was ever, ever said the squadron <laughs> commander never said anything never asked our class or anybody else in in you know in formation nothing was said wow um except that the whole next day his his room was wide open <laughs> bring out the room well way to go air out the room i'm proud of you you, you contributed to a legend <laughs> well yeah because cool. then then our two our two classmates could continue marching tours that yeah. were assigned with them and, and, you know, feel good that somebody got back at the squadron commander. So that brings me to maybe a tough question for you, but did they ever explain to you why they moved you out of our squadron your first year? What I remember uh, being in the ASC's office is he told me that uh, I was going to be, uh, shipped to 38 squadron was that it would provide me some some better leadership opportunities that he didn't see happening in 36 <laughs> oh that's good did it you know so i so i accepted that and i went to 38 and i had a great time in 38 okay you know, and i and i did have some leadership options like uh i was the for one we had trimesters, right? So one, the yeah. second trimester, I was the ops officer. Okay. And uh, and so that was a good experience, ex <laughs> except for the effect that it had on my double E class. Uh-oh, what happened there? Well, I got so busy doing performance reports that I totally forgot about the GR that we had the next day. Oh goodness. And if you remember double E, you you didn't have a prayer's chance of passing the exam unless you came in with the authorized eight and a half by eleven cheat sheet with all the formulas. Yeah. And so I walked in cold and all of a sudden, you know, beginning class, then the professor goes ahead and puts an exam on my desk and I'm going, Oh crap. 
so that pretty much tanked me for a double E. Is this uh, the recurring nightmare you have now? Because <laughs> I have a few of those. Well, I think I got over it. <laughs> I mean, I graduated after all. Yeah. Uh, no. You know, two, two, three, but I, you know, I graduated. Hey, you blew me away. <laughs> so, so that that's interesting. So the, um, the other questions, did you have any favorite intramurals? Oh, water polo and swim team. Were you part of the water polo guys that got the, the Speedos for us that time? Were you in the squadron when we got the Speedos for our bathing suits? Well, I don't, I don't remember that. I remember, I mean, in, in those days you wore Speedos. No, they remember they had kind of like the boxer thing, the, the, the floppy suits. And we were the first squadron because we found you could get the dark blue Air Force blue uh, uh, color in a Speedo. And there were no regulations against anything other than the color of the suit. So we, we'd wear the Speedos and we were, we thought we were slightly better in the pool. And apparently we were slightly more popular because we had more fans than the guys wearing the, the boxers. I don't know. Were you on the water polo team too? I was on the water polo team pretty much uh, all the upper class years. Oh, okay. I, that's stuff that I don't remember, John. I wasn't any good at it, but I was on, I was flopping around in the water a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting the uh, icicles in our ears on the way up from the from the uh, field house going up to the dinner because it'd be so cold and you, you couldn't dry your ear out totally. By the time I got to the stairwell, I could pop little ice cubes out of my ear. <laughs> That's what I remember about water polo. Yeah, yeah, I mean they were glad to have me because I could you know swim back and forth and 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 stay in there without drowning. But you know yeah. I don't know that I ever scored. Yeah, I. I'd pass the ball to somebody good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, so we get to uh, graduation and then uh, anything significant for you that week? Other than my parents coming out. And I mean, I was by this time, if you remember my freshman, my junior year in 36 squadron and my senior year in 38 squadron, I was in the drum and vehicle corps. I was a drum major in the drum and vehicle corps. Okay. So, um, so there's a lot of stuff that the Drum and Beagle Corps did, and a lot of traveling that I that I was able to take advantage of being a part of that group. Well, so that was and and you know we had practices after classes, so that probably got me out of some some of the intramurals, but uh, probably out of drill for sure. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, so, I mean, my overall experience at the Academy, as I look back on it, was very, very positive. You know, uh, once I got out of dually year, uh, you know, I, there were some tough times, but overall we had fun. We had fun in 36. If, uh, you know, shoot, we, we did some crazy stuff and uh, with what shaving cream fights and Oh, yeah. yeah, and buffers. Friday night follies, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the buffer and the, you know, slipping a buffer in, in in a room with guys sleeping and then plugging it in and yeah. watching, you know, hearing that thing bounce around. Um, yeah, I mean, we had a good time. We had a good time with connections that we had off base in terms of guys guys' girlfriends or guys' families, right? There was one yeah. family that I was connected with uh, uh, whose family was up in Denver, so I visited them a lot. I had a sponsor that uh, I could visit um, and provided me a, a car when I wanted to go out. Um, did, you know. you, did you ever make, because of the drum and bugle cord, did you ever make the Palmdale trip? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean that was that was our was that our sophomore year? Oh, well, it was all th for me. It was all three years: sophomore, junior, junior, senior. Yeah, I went all three times at Thanksgiving to to Palmdale. Right. So I think I must have gone. I'm trying to think of who my roommate was. I think it must have been junior year. So end of sophomore year. 
that was Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I was on one of those trips, and of course, we all came back in love with uh, <laughs> yeah. with the debutantes and uh, myself and another classmate. Having done that in Thanksgiving and being in love uh, following that trip, then during Christmas break. We both lived, he lived in Maryland and I lived in uh, Northern Virginia. And then we hopped on an airplane, flew all the way to California again and and hooked up with those uh, young women and went to the Rose Bowl parade and um, had a good time, except that the, the woman that was <laughs> driving didn't know how to drive in snow. And oh. we ended up doing 360s on the highway with a with a uh, tractor trailer truck barreling down on top, you know, behind us. You're and in Southern California in the snow, the, the famous uh, blizzard of 74 or whatever it was. Well, whatever it was, yeah. yeah. And so once it stopped, my classmate said, Odie's driving. <laughs> and uh, so I completed the trip and we got back home safe. That's and cool. then the same uh, young women came out for uh, for June week. For the graduation? Yeah, so it must have been it must it must have been the end of our sophomore year when that happened. So it's, it's a fat June week, not the one we graduated at. I had one of my right. uh, Palmdale friends came out for my June week for our, our graduation. That was that was fun. Was like having a sister there. Yeah, so I mean despite all the regimen of the academy and the military experience and the, you know, the 180 semester hours that we had um, during the four years, we figured out ways to enjoy ourselves. And I'm sure the cadets do the same, you know, with, and once they figure out the system, then they yeah. figure out how to fun, have fun within the system. Yeah, but, because I mean, after all, they're college yeah, uh, students. Yeah. Have fun and try to be positive and, and, and have a sense of humor. That That's kind of the, that's, that's the gist of most of this stuff. Um, did you do third lieutenant? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I went to Edwards Air Force Base to test pilot school. <laughs> there you go. That fits in the Palmdale thing pretty well, too. So, yeah. So, third lieutenant, right? <laughs> At Edwards. Wow. I mean, I got backseat rides in T-38s and... T-30, excuse me, uh, F-4s. Um, and I got a U-2 flight. Wow. And what one of the F-4 flights. So, I heard, yeah, here's the story. So, uh, one of the F-4 flights, uh, we walk out and the, and the pilot says, well, you, do you want to take off? <laughs> and I'm going, well, shoot, I don't know. If you, if you trust me, to tell me what to do, and I'll do my best to do it. Well, in the F-4, they, uh, <laughs> they pre-position the stick. or No, they hold it all the way back. At that time, they put it all the way back, and as the nose rose during takeoff roll, then you move the stick forward, to 10 degrees high on the attitude indicator and hold that position until the, the the aircraft, you know, leaves the runway. Okay. So that's what he told me to do only. So I held it back and, but come to the move it forward to 10 degrees on the attitude indicator. Uh huh. That kind of freaked me out because I didn't want to, you know, push the stick so far forward that we ended up bouncing on the nose wheel. Yeah. So I was too slow getting oh, no. into the right position. So the nose kept rising until uh -oh. past 10 degrees high in the indicator. And the next thing I know, he's saying, I got the airplane, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, you got the airplane. And we get up uh, a little, a little farther. And he says, wow, I'm glad we were in this YF4. And I'm going, why? He says, I'm not sure we would have made it um, otherwise. God. right so and then when i get there's more to the story but when i get back to the to the squadron right everybody saw the sparks from the from the tail oh. 
hitting the runway. Oh, right. That, <laughs> so I had to buy a case of beer. Well, uh, for the crew chief to replace the slats on the on the both tail both tails of the of, of the F four, oh, and uh, yeah. But there was more to the story. Once we get up there, we were chased for an F fifteen, who was doing practice wind up turns in uh, with a new speed brake. It was kind of an extended speed brake, so they were testing that out to see what how that would happen. And so he didn't take too much before the next thing we know, <laughs> I hear him see the pilot saying, oh, he's in a spin. Oh, God. So then, yeah, so he does a, a Wifferdale and barrel roll and whatever to follow. And then there's some conversation. And so that was the first F. It was the first inadvertent spin in a, of an F-15. Oh, wow. And it was a flat spin, so I, I can remember to this day looking over to the the left side of the wind windscreen, and and seeing this thing rotating uh, counterclockwise in a flat spin, and you know there was conversation between the test pilot and my pilot, um, and it he got out of the spin, and so then I got to attend a McDonnell Douglas debriefing of that. <laughs> I'll bet. Once we got back on the ground, so that was uh, that was third lieutenant. It was a third lieutenant was a blast. We got to crawl around uh, SR seventy one. Um, another one of our classmates in our squadron, thirty six squadron, was was there accompanying me. And uh, so you were there yeah. with Tony, because I think Tony yep. was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. So then, then you graduate and you get to go to Williams. I did. Yeah. Was that was that fun? Yeah, pilot training was a blast too. I mean, there were times in which uh, you know I pinked a ride or something like that. But overall, um, well, yeah, my first solo. <laughs> my first solo, I go off the area in the T thirty seven, and I start doing the uh, acrobatics, and. <laughs> And so I start to do a loop without looking at the G meter. Oh. So I pulled too hard <laughs> and I ended up at the top of the loop uh, with my eyes blacked out. Oh no. And so what's the only way to get, to get the eyesight back is to get blood back into the, my, uh, into my eyes. So I unloaded. Yeah, so here I'm at the top of the loop <laughs> unloading and scared shitless that I'm going to get into a spin and I don't want to do that. So I just held everything neutral. Um, I may have looked right and saw all sky and looked left and saw a little bit of more ground. So I made a shift to put in a little bit of left rudder and, uh, and got the nose down. And then after I recovered, I just kind of puttered around and yeah. in circles. <laughs> Until I got back. <laughs> and uh, so that, yeah, that was funny. And but uh, yeah, I had a blast at Willie. You know, we, shoot, we had a lot of fun. We did water skiing. We did. It, it's sad for me to hear that they, you know, closed down that base and it's now a civilian airport. But um, yeah, that was a, uh, that was a blast. We had, I was in the same class with, Mike Byron, Jack Catton. Wow. Um, but, um, but the guys. Yeah, a bunch of guys and uh, some of whom aren't with us anymore. But um, it, it was a good time. And I, I, I was able to come out fighter qualified. And I knew, I knew that I wouldn't be able to have one of the top slots. So I figured an F-15 or an F-4 wasn't in my, uh, wasn't something that I would be able to get. So what I did, somehow I did some research and I said, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put down a T-33. <laughs> okay. And so I did. I took, put down a T-33 and son of a gun, I got a T-33. So that got me into Air Defense Command flying T-33s at Hancock Field of Syracuse, New York. 
So my first assignment was to be the seeing eye lieutenant for uh, the colonels and the generals at the Air Division, 21st Air Division. Um, and we, shoot, we were part of Air Defense Command, which, I mean, I was running, running base, I was helping to run base ops at, uh, at a on the National Guard side of a civilian airport. <laughs> and so, you know, we go testing the RVR, uh, I think that's what it was, the the slickness the ice on the on the runway so we go down in our blue station wagon uh getting up to x miles an hour and then slam our brakes and seeing what the decelerometer read and then report that and then and we had very little we take off in quarter mile viz um because nobody was really supervising us (laughs) and so we did some crazy stuff but we you know we didn't kill ourselves and we um and so we did a lot of cross-country trips and a lot of uh we'd be target aircraft on on air division missions where the f-106s and f-101s from canada would uh, practice uh, the whole air defense thing with simulating bombers coming over the, the horizon and they'd uh yeah, so that was a blast. And then I got into F-106s out of that at Griffiths Air Force Base. And where's Griffiths? Griffiths was, my PCS was uh, 35 miles east <laughs> to Rome, New York, from Syracuse to Rome, New York. There you go, all the way across. And yeah, but uh, flew T-33s there for a little while longer and then flew F-106s for three years. And then, um, yeah, family circumstances and such, I, I decided to... Uh, to get out and come out to Colorado and work for Lockheed Martin for, thir- uh, for 30, 32 years. Now, you mentioned once upon a time you had a close call. Do you remember that or some ground near ground accident? Uh, there were two close calls. Okay. One, yes. One was a trip uh, from a T-33 from Griffiths Air Force Base. We're going to Colorado Springs, uh, me and, and the major. Um, we're, we're going out to Colorado Springs and we, so we took our first leg was from, I'm sorry, it wasn't Griffiths. It was uh, Hancock Field. So we went from Hancock Field, Syracuse, New York to Whiteman Air Force Base, went to base ops, did, you know, uh, did what we needed to do for our second leg of the, of the, of the flight. And talked to a guy who was from the Niagara Falls National Guard. He was flying an F-101, and he was parked next to us on the on the tarmac. Mm. And so we got out there, and he started his his uh, aircraft. But I, I must have started mine T-33 first because I started the engine, and then I started going through the uh, inner cockpit checks and I heard this explosion and it was get coming to the 4th of July. I remember thinking, Oh, wow. You know what crazy person is blowing up firecrackers. It's not even the 4th of July yet. And then I look up to my left and I see the F one Oh one and I see about a 30 foot tower of flames coming out of the back spine behind the cockpit of of that aircraft and then i see then i look down and i see fuel coming out of the bottom of that aircraft and starting to roll out and come towards my aircraft so then uh the major says you know, get out, get out of here, get out of here. Well, what he wanted to say was he wanted me to to, uh, to get the airplane, our airplane, out of the way. He, unbeknownst to me, the crew chief had removed the chocks and we were wow. free to just bolt out of there. Roll out. But, but crisis and training took over and time slowed down so much. All I, uh, I egressed the airplane. Sure. So, you know, I looked up, I saw the pilot next to me, he was standing up. 
I said, okay, I'm getting out. I did, did what I needed to do. I hopped out of the airplane. I run out and, you know, I forgot all about the major in the back seat. <laughs> so I get out and I look back at my airplane and the major is just trying to get out of the airplane. And, and he eventually does. The fuel that was rolling out towards our airplane we were on a little crown, so it's, it flowed away. So there was, there was no impact to our airplane. But I uh, started looking around for the, for the pilot of the F-101, and he wasn't anywhere to be seen because I thought he'd be standing there watching what was going on. Mm-hmm. So then it dawned on me that he was still in the, in the fire. The whole F-101 was, was engulfed. encased, engulfed in flames. And so then I started yelling and screaming for the fire department, and they came out. Later, I testified at the accident investigation that it took them three minutes to get to the to the airplane. Wow, that's too long. Well, that was how slow time, that's how much time slowed down for me. It actually clocked 30 seconds from the time of the explosion to the time they were dousing the airplane down. Well, yeah, that man, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. You parse it down to milliseconds when you're in something like that. Because yeah, we were parked right in front of the tower, and the and the uh, fire uh, trucks were, you right. know, right there. So, um, yeah, so that was the most traumatic experience that I uh, that, that I had. Uh, took me a little while to recover from that, but. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. Well, we don't have to dwell on it too much. I just think uh, the training kicked in. The uh, the stress that you go through at the academy probably got you uh, to where you were able to prioritize what was most important at the, at the moment. And yeah. uh, in emergency situations, it's happened to me. It's happened to most everybody we've talked to. They've been through some situation, and we're not sure where it comes from, but this ability to parse down time to real – minute fragments and do the right thing to stay alive is, is pretty remarkable. Yeah. The other, um, I wouldn't say it was traumatic, but I was in a T-33 over Lake Ontario in the middle of winter. And uh, we were done with our mission out there. It was a night, it was a night mission. Excuse me. I gotta yeah. not answer that. Um, it was a night mission and we wanted to get home. I was in the front seat and, and the other pilot was in the back seat. And so I nosed it over and we're going as fast as the T-33 would go. Frame. Mm. And as the pilot in the back, unbeknownst to me, uh, pulled the throttle back. And so I looked down at the gauges and I see the engine winding down. <laughs> and so we had a moment there because we'd have, we'd have perished if we'd ever crashed in Lake Ontario, um, right. even if we bailed out over Lake Ontario. Yeah. So we finally figured things out and we did our controllability checks to see how things would be when we landed. And uh, and so I called into Syracuse and I could declare an emergency and, and expecting vehicles once we landed. And we landed. Uh, no emergency vehicles. We taxied in and turns out that my buddy in the back had, we split up the pre-flight. I did underneath and he did up top and there's a plenum chamber behind the cockpit with held with Zeus fasteners and he didn't check the Zeus fasteners close mm. enough. And so the plenum chamber at that speed, you know, just flipped open. Mm. And, uh, and so this, this big thing, you know, aluminum is, is flapping around, uh, you know, behind the cockpit. So that caused the vibration. When I angrily called Tower to, to ask them why they didn't show up, because I declared an emergency, they said, well, you sounded so calm. We didn't believe you. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> so anyway, those yeah. were T-33 stories, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned you left the Air Force and went to Lockheed. What, what did you do for Lockheed? My initial assignment was uh, with Peacekeeper 
missiles, um, the peacekeeper ICBMs, uh, developing a plan to replace Minuteman missiles with the peacekeepers. So that was the initial project, but I knew uh, pretty quickly that I didn't want to be on that side of the of the of the company. So uh, first opportunity I had, I switched over to space systems um, uh, on the NASA side of things. So I worked neat things there, right? Yeah, I worked on the NASA side. And so I worked the man maneuvering unit, which you can see pictures of Bruce McCandless, uh, you know, just untethered out there uh, in space. Uh, so man maneuvering unit and then the uh, Magellan mission to Venus. And then I was on the operations side of things. So I was either part of the team that was actually flying the mission after the spacecraft launched or I was leading the team that was doing that. So uh, I had a Venus mission, which was Magellan, and then a several Mars missions, uh, Mars Global Surveyor. Uh, and then uh, a moon mission, which was Grail, where we uh, put a land. Uh, no, we had two spacecraft, Washington machine-sized spacecraft flying in formation around the moon, uh, doing gravity measurements. Uh, so very stereotypic gravity measurements around the moon. And Phoenix, which was a lander at the uh, northern ice cap of, of Mars, where we were looking for water and uh, discovered it right away. And That's then cool. uh, my last assignment was InSight, which was a lander to Mars, uh, scheduled to land at the equator and do some seismology and also some thermal measurements. But that mission got delayed because the, uh, the main instrument wasn't ready. Mm. And so they delayed it to the next launch window, which was Mars launch windows are 26 months apart. <clears throat> yeah, so it's like, okay, um, if any, <laughs> if I learned any, uh, any one thing at the in the Air Force, it was when to bail, and <laughs> and so um, I figured, well, you know, I can get twenty eight months or twenty eight weeks of severance pay instead of two weeks if I if I get out right now. So I got out in April of two thousand sixteen, and uh, here I am five years later. Well, cool. So um, for the folks listening in, this is a. This is a guy who did his Air Force career, did his paid back his commitment, and then served the uh, the U.S. through the NASA and the space program for another thirty years. That's that's a pretty admirable uh, record, Steve. Yeah, and it was fun. And I had there are opportunities that were provided to me being part of being an Air Force Academy graduate that I would have never gotten anywhere else. I mean, including how I got into Martin Marietta, because was one of my classmates whose wife's dad was a VP at Martin Marietta. I mean, had I known all this, I wouldn't have stressed it uh, for the interview so much, but uh, you know, that was my foot in the door. And then wow. once I got my foot in the door, uh, it was all about how I performed. Then uh, I performed well. And the academic load, the 180 hours, all that stuff that, that kind of helped uh, shore you up for the uh, the challenges at, at work, right? Well, yeah, that allowed me to because I my degree at the Air Force Academy was behavioral sciences, and I had a I got a master's degree in counseling psychology, but at, you know a satellite program while I was at Hancock Field, um, they only offered two two degrees. But I was able to trans be the translator between the technical guys, the guys that graduated with engineering degrees yeah. from whatever university and management, right? So I was the systems engineer that even though I couldn't do all the math and engineering that they could, I knew who to ask when the questions were asked. And I was an expert on the operations side. So yeah, the air, Air Force Academy, all that math, science, engineering, 
heck, I, I could even sell myself as a general engineer to uh, when I was interviewing for jobs outside of, you know, as I was separating. Yeah, but I, it was, it was all we, good. I, and I know that today they do a much better job of letting guy helping guys transition from the active duty to the civilian world. I know in 83, it wasn't all that uh, easy because I, I was doing a similar transition at the same time. And it, it, it was a little challenging. Did you, did you ever think it was not going to work out or were you pretty, pretty squared away going right into the defense or the, the space Lockheed type thing? Well, once I got, you know, once I was hired there, it was, uh, yeah, I never had any question that I'd be able to hang in there. Yeah. So you, that it, it, you said you were stressed out a little bit on the, on one of the interviews. And I, I just, I think that's normal for anybody <laughs> just to give you the heads up folks. <laughs> I mean, I got offered a job at PepsiCo, but, uh, you know, I decided not to take that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, did you have anything else you wanted to to chime in on here? Looking back over uh, 50 you know, years. I'm proud of my, yeah, I'm proud of the time that I spent at the academy. I'm proud of what I graduated, just being at the 40, our 45th reunion. Um, it was great to connect with, with the, with the, uh, the guys, um, cause we were still an all male institution at the time that you and I graduated, but uh, I was, I mean, I'm proud of the Academy and how they've integrated women uh, and how all the cadets are showing up. Uh, you know, I was just, I'm, I'm proud to be an Air Force Academy graduate and proud to have been in the Air Force and wouldn't trade it for anything looking back on it. So, you know, I'm glad I kept my head down and, and did what I, you know, did what I needed to do. Got away with the smoke bomb and you graduated and everything. That's cool. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know, and I had a, I mean, 36 squadron and 38 squadron. I got to know more guys, more, you know, more intimately in the dorm environment that we had than if I'd stayed with 36 the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was good for you then that, that, because we, uh, we missed you when you left. <laughs> We're, we're proud of the fact they had to pull four guys out of our group to, to shore up the other outfits because uh, we, we didn't want anybody to leave that little cl cluster. We, we really enjoyed that crowd. Well, and we still stay connected. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know.